This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 254. Welcome, friends, to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. I have a very special guest for you today, but before we get into that, I just want to encourage you to go to Amazon and get a copy of my new book, Love Your Veterinary Life. It's going really well. I'm getting some great feedback. So if you haven't read it or you're in the middle of reading it and you want to share um, either a review on Amazon or just email me and let me know what you think, I'd really appreciate it. It's called Love Your Veterinary Life, and um, it will help you change your mind about the negativity that we're experiencing in vet med. Also, if you go to my website, I have a place there where you can sign up for free coaching or my Wednesday Weekly Words, which I send you every week for free. So go to theveterinarylifecoach.com or juliecapel.com and you can sign up there. So let's get into this podcast with this wonderful guest. Jen Schweitzer. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. Today, I have a wonderful guest for you. Her name is Jennifer Schweitzer. Am I saying that right? You are. Jen is a certified life coach and a licensed master social worker. She launched Kindfulness Coaching to help professional women ditch chronic stress, overwhelm, and burnout and restore calm, productive order to their life. So she's perfect for us to talk to today. Welcome to the podcast, Jen. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks so much, Julie. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, this. I always ask, my first question is, tell me your veterinary story. So why don't you tell me your social worker life coach story? I like to hear kind of how you got into all this. Absolutely. Um, so I started my social work journey probably about 18 years ago, which is crazy to think about because I still think I'm 21. I know, don't um, we was- all? I think that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just really knew from the get-go that I had, you know, one of those personalities that was caring, compassionate. I always liked people and animals and things. And um, I just felt like social work was a really great place for me. Um, It kind of encompassed a lot of different areas. um, And I wasn't ready to be tied down to just one area. So social work really appealed because there's so many different things you can do with a social work background. So um, I've done a lot of medical social work. I've done a lot of um, children and family work. And Then about two years ago, I had a shift in my personal life and I found myself in a phase of burnout and I was just tired all the time. I was struggling just to make it through the days and I realized that there was just something missing that I didn't know what it was at the time and I started diving into a little personal development of my own and just kind of reflecting on what I was looking for, what I wanted out of my life. And that's where coaching came in. And one day I just told my husband, I think I want to be a life coach. He's like, okay, cool. What's that? Like, what would you do? And well, that's a good husband, right? He didn't, question your, he didn't question your sanity. <laughs> right. I know. And you know, I thought he might've, but he, he was all about it and then started asking questions like, okay, what does this look like? And, um, what does it mean? So yes. 
Right, right. So about two years ago, I made the shift into coaching. And right now I'm doing a little bit of both um, social work and coaching, which has been just a, a great balance in my life. It's brought me a little bit more um, of whatever was missing that I that I was missing before. It, it brought something in that I didn't have. And it kind of made things complete in my life and career. So I'm just loving where I am, doing a little bit of both and making my own schedule and, and doing my own thing. <laughs> Which is really fun, right? So you're an entrepreneur yeah. on top of it, yeah. right? Absolutely. That's awesome. That's exciting. So I've talked about this a few times before on the podcast, but I want to hear it from your perspective because it's usually from my perspective and I don't, I don't have that social work background. So what's mm -hmm. the difference between a social worker or maybe even therapist and a life coach? Explain yeah, that to people. Yeah, it's a really good question because I think that role gets a little confusing for some people that don't have mm -hmm. that background. And I struggle sometimes in the coaching industry because it is not a regulated, um, in my state at least, it's not regulated. And I think that there are a lot of, um, there's a lot of crossover that can get like really sticky for can some get folks. Muddy, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when I think about therapy, when I think about social work, we're focusing on the past. We're focusing on, you know, let's dive into things that were really hard for you. And why, you know, a lot of people will ask, why am I the way I am? And so therapy really dives into a lot of past work and trauma and, um, you know, some of those critical thinking skills that can really move us forward um, it, with our goals and, and really kind of work through some of those things. Um, I love therapy. I, I do therapy on this. Um, that's part of what I do in social work right now. And um, so when I'm wearing my hair, my therapy hat, I'm really, really focusing on the past and, you know, how do we work through some of the things that have been really hard for you? How do we kind of figure them out and process them together? And so it's a lot of that in the therapy social work piece. And then when I have my coaching hat on, um, that is very much like, okay, this is where you are right now. Here's how we're going to move forward. And we're going to maybe take break things down into bits and pieces. And we're really looking at moving forward and how do we get to these goals that we're set? We're not really, I, I stay away from processing um, the past and past trauma in my coaching because I don't want to, you know, accidentally move into that therapy hat and, and really muddy those waters. So that's a long answer to a, a complicated well, question. I think, I think that's a good answer because people, you know, when they come to me for life coaching, I'm not a therapist. Right. And I, I have to explain that difference to them. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about people having a therapist and a life coach? Are you I, okay with that? Cause I'm I always kind it. of careful about that. Yes. I love it. So I'll ask, you know, what are you doing in, doing in therapy that can help you with coaching? So sometimes it's like, you know, I'm working through, you know, why I procrastinate. And so in, in coaching, we can actually like, okay, let's put together some tools and resources and let's like help you to prioritize. Let's help you to kind of get started on tasks. So, you know, while in therapy, they're working on, okay, why am I like this? And why am I doing the things that I'm doing? And then I can right. give them like task oriented goals to work towards. 
Yeah, which is it really works out well. I've I've found. Agreed. I think it's a great partnership that can that can do a lot for a person. Yeah. 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 As long as a therapist is okay with it. I always tell people that if they're in therapy and they want a life coach, they need to ask their therapist first I to make like, sure that yeah. there's no problem with that. You know. Yeah. I really believe that, you know, I believe that it works well, but not every therapist probably agrees with that, right? Totally agree with that. Um, yeah, I think that there are some therapists that that don't see the benefit in that and feel that they might be able to do all of that work themselves. Um, so I think that that is a really great piece of advice, you know, talk with, you know, whomever you're, you have that relationship with to make sure I, I like that piece of advice. Yeah, I love that. So. I don't know if you're aware of this, but maybe you are. Um, veterinarians have, um, I don't know if it, I want to say reputation, but we do have a lot of mental stress and anxiety yes. and overwhelm and burnout and all the things that you work on in therapy and in life coaching. Yes. Um, and so that's something that's really important to veterinarians. And most of the people that listen to me, I think are, are veterinarians or at least work in that field. Yeah. So can you explain to me your take on that? Like what you said you were burned out. Tell me, you know, what you did to get out of it, what yeah. veterinarians could do if they're feeling that way, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, you know, when we, uh, you and I originally connected, I was, I've previously been in a role working with veterinarian students. And oh, interesting. That's awesome. I, yeah. So I, um, I'm, you know, I've been made aware and I recognize the impact that stress anxiety has on the the veterinarian community and it is high. It is, you know, the workload is high. The hours are, are oh, a I'm, lot. My, mm -hmm. my father-in-law is a, is a large animal vet. And so I oh, see that's it. Awesome. I didn't know yeah. we had that connection. That's great. Yeah. I see it firsthand, you know, he hasn't always been there for Christmas or Thanksgiving, you know, if he's on right. call. And Especially large animal. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you get that, that struggle with trying to find a balance between that work and home life. And I think for veterinarians, that is a huge, huge disruptor to, um, you know, a normal nine to five schedule. Like that doesn't right. exist in the veterinarian world for right. most folks. Um, and the idea of, you know, that being on call or, you know, coming in on nights and weekends and how that works, you know, I think that that can be a big disruptor to work-life balance, which I think leads to a lot of stress, you know, overwhelm, that that burnout. It it can, you know, after years and years of, of being in that cycle, like that's, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, that's inevitable, unfortunately. And so, you know, something I did and something I, I teach my clients to do, um, you know, is, is taking care of yourself. My business um, name, Kindfulness Coaching, came from the idea of being kind to yourself um, and making yourself a priority. And you know, doing the work on you and, and really focusing. And I know that's hard for people with busy schedules and, you know, different demands, but if you're not taking care of yourself, like that stress, anxiety, overwhelm, that's going to creep in and, and it's going to be hard to get a, a handle on once it's out of control. Right. So what would be like your first piece of advice? Um, let's say if somebody is in that spot where they're feeling mm -hmm 
stressed or anxious about work yeah. before they get to the burnout space, or maybe if, yeah. even if they're there, what, what would you tell them would be a first step rather other than just getting a coach or a therapist, right? Sure. <laughs> That's a really <laughs> good first step. A great step. Yeah. Right. It is. Yeah. I agree with you there, but what would be your advice um, yeah. to somebody listening? That's there. They're like, okay, yeah. I'm super stressed out about work. I'm super, super anxious. And I don't feel like I have any balance. Yeah. And I think the first step is recognizing that sometimes that's really hard because when you're going through that day to day, like, so the first piece is like, okay, I recognize that things are really hard right now and I want to do something about it. And that's Uh, the big thing. Like just being willing to action. Absolutely. And, and so for a lot of times I'll just talk about, okay, how do we build healthy habits into your already crazy routine? And so, you know, I recognize that, uh, you know, an hour lunch break might not be um, fit into your schedule, but (laughs) exactly. So how can we step away from your desk for 15 minutes during the day? Or how can we step away from the phones for a little bit? So the idea of, working with the schedule that you have working with, you know, not trying to change everything up, but how can we build some healthy habits and start looking at boundaries for ourselves, for Mm -hmm. our time. And, and, you know, if you're, if you're taking a 10 minute walk, you know, just getting away from that everyday mundane stuff and just making sure you're making yourself a priority in the day, some way, somehow, and for some people, it's really hard to think about what, what that could be. But if you think hard enough and you challenge yourself to really pick something out, you can do it. Yeah. And it's kind of a little bit about baby steps, right? Because so many people yeah. come to me when they're really struggling and they're like, I just want to quit. Yeah. I just want to peace out. I don't want to be a vet yep. anymore. It's too much. Yeah. And, and that is usually the wrong solution. Yeah. Do you yeah. think? Like just I think quitting. So. Yes, because I think that likely they probably haven't given it that shot of how can I make this better? Right. What can I do for me? And sometimes it's not about the job. It's about what, you know, what have I done for myself to make this a little bit different of an experience? And so, you know, there are some times when I work with people and we're like, okay, we've done everything imaginable that we can think about and it's still not getting better. So maybe it is the job, but yeah, absolutely. I, I do yeah. think in some instances, people have to either quit or change their yeah. position in vet med. They might not need to stop being a veterinarian, but they might need a different kind of job. I agree sure. with you there. Sometimes it gets to that. Yeah, but that thought of, um, you know, someone once told me, uh, and I'm probably going to say this very wrong, and it's going to, it's going to come out funnier than it's meant to be, but that you think about like the grass being greener on the other side, and you think about have I watered my own grass. And Mm. I thought that that was really profound, because I think that we look for that way out or how to make it this a little bit easier for right now. But what have we done to make right now work for us. And I thought that that was so profound. Yeah. Or we think it's a job when it really truly is the way we're doing the job. It's it's like on the inside more than it's on the outside. We want to blame the job or blame the clients or blame the, you know, the toxic work environment. And sometimes you're in those and you have to get out. But 
Um, I think the thing that I've learned the most since doing this work and, and I was a vet for a, a lot of years before I even knew there was such a thing as life coaching is that, you know, it, it starts with you and work doing the mm. inside work. And I think absolutely we don't always realize that we like to blame the absolutely. world. Yeah. And I, I work myself with a coach and it, she's very much focused on like, you know, your, your business and your career are going to skyrocket when you start working on yourself. And some people aren't ready for that model. Like some people aren't ready to make those changes. And it's, it's really life-changing to start working on you and then seeing all of the rest of those puzzle pieces kind of fitting back together. Yeah. So springing off of what you just said a few minutes ago about boundaries and self-care, what, we could talk about either one of those. Which one would, would you like to talk about? Because people always ask me about boundaries and how, what are they and how do you set them? Because I don't think anybody, well, I shouldn't say anybody, but a lot of us don't understand what that means to, yeah. to set a boundary. Yeah. I love boundaries. So let's, let's dive into I saw that, that in um, your bio. That's why I wanted you to talk about it. Yes. Yes. So I look at boundaries in two different ways. I look at boundaries with like physical space, um, saying no, all of that good stuff. And then I look at boundaries with time as well. Um, okay. which I think is, is another important piece, um, for, people who are really busy and have a lot on their plate. Um, so when we're talking about boundaries with um, other people or things, we're like, you know, bringing in that energy, those things that are going to add to us, add to our day, add to, you know, who we want to be as a person. And we're trying to push away and move away from the things that really aren't benefiting us or helping us in some way or vice versa. And so we're really bringing in that energy and, and those people and things that are adding value to us. And I think that that's so important because, you know, when you think about like a toxic work environment, a boundary you could be setting is I'm not going to engage in this lunchroom chatter about, you know, someone else. I'm gonna choose, yeah. yeah, I'm going to choose how to step away from this because that bad energy, that's what's bringing me down. And that's what might be contributing to some of my stress. And so by removing yourself from that situation or stopping that conversation, that's a boundary that you're setting to protect kind of your peace and, right. and really kind of create the environment you want to work in. So, you know, I think that that goes back to that, that personal development of, are we, are we, is it the work environment or is it the work on us and ourselves? And so I think that that's a really important factor is I get to choose what conversations I'm going to be a part of. I get to choose what, you know, I'm saying yes to, you know, um, I don't know how it is in your industry, but I've worked a lot with teachers who are like, oh yeah, I just say yes to everything they tell me, you know, can you volunteer for this? Can you do this? Can, you know, and I'm yeah. like, you guys stop saying yes. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You're, you're people pleasing, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. And I just think that's, you know, the idea of protecting your peace. If you're, you know, by saying yes to something, is that is that helpful to you? Is that moving you in the direction of your goals? And, and I think that that's something that takes a lot of years to kind of perfect, but it's fun to keep like, you know, bringing in little p bits and pieces to, to your life. 
Yeah, I think part of the setting boundaries in a toxic work environment is people are, if you're a people pleaser, like most of us are, I mean, we got into this profession because we loved helping people and helping animals. And so I yeah. think general personalities are a little bit people pleasing. And yeah. then you're in this environment with people that are gossiping or whatever, and you are the one that stops it or or says, if you guys are going to keep talking, I'm, I'm going to have to leave because I don't want to participate in this gossip. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. It is. Like you're it like, is. oh, you're ostracizing yourself from the group and you're no longer people pleasing. And, you know, it's an uncomfortable thing. But I really think that on some level, it could stop it from the other people because they'd be like, oh, well, I didn't realize I was gossiping or I didn't realize this was a negative thing or this was bringing someone down or. And, you know, I think it is really, really, it can be uncomfortable because people aren't used to boundaries being set when, right. you know, it, it, it's, it's hard to give feedback that might not be received in a good way. And, you know, but I, I like to think of it as, you know, okay, yes, it might be uncomfortable for them, but it's going to get easier for me to protect my peace and to, you know, enjoy the work that I'm doing again. Maybe this was really bringing me down. And, you know, maybe I didn't think of all of these things that these people were complaining about. And now I'm thinking about them, which makes it stress me stressed even more. And so yeah. you're really, you know, taking steps to improve yourself, your work environment, maybe even your personal life, you know, whatever that looks like, this is a small step towards kind of reclaiming that control you have. Yeah. So um, tell me a little bit more about the people pleasing part of it. Do you have more on that? I, so it, it goes back to, you know, that uncomfortable feeling when you tell somebody something that they're not ready to hear. That they don't want to hear when you say they, no. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you know what? Like people don't want to hear it and that's okay. And I think that that's hard to accept is that not everybody's going to be okay with my decisions. Not everybody's going to be okay that I decide not to do something or I respond in this way and I'm okay with it. I think we go back to that idea of, you know, the confidence and the self-doubt and all of that stuff that kind of creeps up for us. And our jobs as coaches is to, you know, allow you to step into a role that makes you a little bit uncomfortable and challenges you a little bit differently. And the fact that it's okay that somebody um, is uncomfortable because of something you said, if you're protecting your peace, that's okay. That's on them. Yeah. And then you just have to practice that skill, right? Because the first couple of times you do it, it's going to feel really weird. And then you're oh, like, yeah. oh, it feels better once you do it. Yeah. And yeah. and I, you know, I work with, with, with women all the time that are like, oh, that was really hard. And I never want to do that again. And then they come back the next week and they're like, okay, it was a little bit easier. And, you know, it does, it's a very hard skill to kind of get down and master, but you want to surround yourself with the people that, that are, just have that energy, that light that you're looking for. And, you know, I think you're going to attract that the more that you kind of push out that negativity, that negative energy, like you're going to attract the people who make you different and make you kind of stand out. And, and if that's your goal, like that's what it's going to help you with. Yeah. So, um, oh, I, I've got so many questions, but 
I want to jump a little bit, I think, to anxiety. Mm-hmm. And um, have you, I thought I read that you had struggled a little bit with anxiety and self-confidence. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like what you would recommend to someone that's, I mean, I've, I've had anxiety and I've talked about it on the podcast um, and I still, struggle. Yeah. I still struggle with it at times, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I think that adds to that people pleasing kind of mentality is that, you know, your, your brain can just sometimes be spiraling around this thought of, well, if I say no, or if I set a boundary, what are they going to say? What are they going to do? Are they still going to, you know, want to be my coworker or my friend or, you know, so you have all these spiraling thoughts that can really get in the way of you moving forward. Like they are blocking you from being able to kind of do what you need to do for yourself. And so, um, my personal journey, I, I've struggled with anxiety since I was a teenager and, you know, as a teenager, you don't really know what it is, but it's, it's, it's there, it's present. And it's terrible. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you think, you know, I, you know, am I the only one that thinks all of these crazy negative thoughts and, you know, I think it, it really contributes to self-doubt and it contributes to sometimes a lack of confidence in yourself to kind of uh, come into your own and trust what your your brain and what your intuition is telling you. And so part of, part of you know, a, a personal development journey is gaining that confidence to kind of push those thoughts to the side. Like, yes, this is hard. Yes, this is uncomfortable, but I can do it. And here's why I'm going to do it. And so I think that with anxiety, like um, it can be a little bit harder because you are going to have those thoughts before you do or say anything and, and they might want to shut you down and they may have you rethink what your decision is. And sometimes those thoughts can be helpful because it makes you just rethink, okay, let me just make sure I feel like I'm making the right decision here. And so sometimes taking that step back and being like, let me just check in with myself. Is this how I want to respond? And then go ahead and respond. You know, I think it becomes a problem when the anxiety stops you from moving forward and, and you have those overthinking and, um, you know, that negative response to all of the thoughts that come into your head. So for me, as I've come into my adulthood, I, you know, prioritizing and really being in, um, planning phase and, and being like, you know, here's my to-do list and here's what, here's how I'm going to move forward, um, has been helpful for me because it keeps me on track. And if I, if I, um, have start having some of those doubts, I go back to, okay, I've got a plan for this. Here's what I do next. Here's my tasks. Here's my goals. And I just keep moving. I don't let that anxiety like hold me back or stop me from keep, from continuing to move forward. So you're, you're kind of living with your anxiety and not fighting against it. Absolutely. That's kind of what I'm hearing you saying. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I really think that's hard for people that are struggling with anxiety, but I yeah. think it, it does make a difference if you can accomplish that. I think so too. I, you know, I never, you know, it's hard to say whether or not it actually goes away. I think, you know, and, and the same thing with stress, like stress is always going to be there. It's just how we manage it and what we decide to do with it. And, and for me, I, I kind of manage that anxiety just the same. Yeah. Yeah. Which you kind of have to do. And it's all those negative thoughts that come along, all those negative emotions. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about your work with, um, 
the American Association for Suicide Prevention because yeah. um, that is a big topic for veterinarians. And then after yeah. that, I want to talk about um, simplifying. So let's do the association for your work with them. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a volunteer with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and I administer their suicide prevention um, training program. So it is called, yeah, it is called um, Talk Saves Lives. um, And it's something that's offered all over. And I originally partnered with them actually when I was working with the vet school at one of our local universities here. And so I had been, I've done several of the Talk Saves Lives presentations uh, with vet students um, because of um, just the stress, um, mental health struggles within the school itself. And then clearly, you know, after graduation as well. Um, And it wasn't a topic that that um, had brought been brought in before. And we actually had a really, really great response um, in some of our rural communities out here in New York to um, the presentation. And it was very, very well attended. Um, I've done several of them and um, great questions and feedback and participation. And it's just amazing to see, like, you know, if we start talking about these things from the get go, if we start talking about the stress that could result from a, a career path, like the the idea of um, starting out with that information and then moving forward. So being proactive rather than reactive, mm-hmm. I think, has been very, very helpful in our communities. Um and we've been we've been working with a lot of rural communities out here in New York to uh, spread education on mental health and the impact that it has in small um, rural communities. Um, so it's been an amazing partnership that I've had. I love the work that I do. Um, and I love just even if I impact one person in my presentations that um, it's worth it to me. So is there something that you can share um I don't know if there's like a quick tip for talking to someone that you think is perhaps yeah. suicidal or could be yeah. suicidal. I know I've taken yeah. training. Um, and what I've learned is that it's better to say something than not. Yeah. Um, but tell me if that's true and, and what it's, you could do. Yes, it's absolutely true. So kind of a rule of thumb is if you're noticing something that seems like just a little out of the ordinary or different um, from a presentation from from a friend or a coworker or somebody, you know, just checking in with them. Hey, is everything okay? And if they say, oh, yeah, everything's okay, everything's great. And you have that conversation, just open up the door, listen. And if somebody says, hey, no, actually, I'm not okay. It is okay to ask directly. Um, You know, I see you're under a lot of stress. Things have been very difficult in the office. Um, You know, sometimes when that happens, people are thinking about suicide. Have you thought about suicide? Mm -hmm. And so using the the terms and the, the, um, you know, just the, just the idea of opening up that conversation is, is, can save a life. Yeah. Just to, to let them know that someone's listening and that it's okay. Yeah. Yep. And, and then getting them help. Like what would be your next step? If, if someone said to you, yeah, I've thought about that. What would you do? Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, so there are a lot of resources um, and 988 is a great resource that's nationwide. And that's something that, you know, if somebody said, actually, yes, I have been thinking about it um, as somebody who's there with them, you can say, hey, can we call 988 together? I'd mm-hmm. love to connect you with a professional that can support you because I, I might not be sure what to do or what to right. say. Right. Um, and that's okay. Um, it's It's not your job to kind of be that therapist or that support person um, to solve the problem. It's to say, Hey, can I connect you with somebody who can help you? Right. Okay. That's really good advice. Cause yeah. I, don't think every, and I don't think everyone knows that there's something they can do. That's pretty simple just by yeah. talking to somebody and asking them that question. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's and awesome. it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the other thing I wanted to talk to you about part of your coaching is how to simplify your life. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. I want to learn about that because that sounds. Yeah. That sounds like we all need that. <laughs> I know. I know. So I have a lot of different roles and I wear a lot of different hats. Um, my husband and I were also foster parents, so wow. we have a very busy life. And I had to learn real quick, like, all right, how do I manage all of this in twenty four hours? And you know, obviously have time to sleep and eat and, you know, work out and do the things for me. But so a lot of this, um, a lot of coaching for me has come from my own personal journey and what has worked and what hasn't worked. And I've really learned how to prioritize and really simplify doing more with less time. Um, my biggest tip is around boundaries and it's around time boundaries um, you know, setting time aside for like focused blocked work and managing your notifications, turning your email off, do, do not disturb on your phone, um, really setting up that intentional time. Um, and as I said earlier, I'm a planner. And so I have to have a good plan going into the day. Um, I use what's called the ABCs of productivity. And I, I work to help people to identify what's the most important thing in my career, in my life. And then we kind of break down those tasks. We look at what are my priorities for the day? And maybe two of them are personal. Maybe one of them is professional. And we're really, we're really scheduling things around those because those things are usually the first things to get taken off of our list is, you know, I need to take a walk today or I need to eat my lunch today. Those are always the first thing to go. And right. so I make priorities in our, in, in, in our day. And I make them first. Non, yes. Non-negotiables. These are our non-negotiables and at least one or two are going to be for your own self and prioritizing you. And so those always make it into the schedule. Um, and then I'll, I'll help people to kind of block out their time and, really get that intentional 60 minutes of work. I use Robin Sharma's 60-10 method where I'm doing, you know, 60 minutes of focused work and then a little 10 minute break. And I'm really honing in on how to make things work um, in the time that we have. I don't want you to add on extra time. I don't want you to, you know, wake up early and go to sleep late to try and get things done. Like, how are we going to fit what we need to do in your day while still taking care of us? Because do you find that the part of the problem with us getting things done is just the overwhelm and the confusion about what you should do next? Because that's my biggest 
that's my biggest struggle when I have a lot to do. It's like, then you don't do anything because you're overwhelmed by the amount of things you do. So the writing the list and then taking the priorities is always super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally agree because when you have this like massive to-do list of 15 things, you're like, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. How do I organize this? How do I decide what's a priority? What's not? And so I'm always like using little tips and tricks to like take away that to-do list and put them into kind of a different format. And that's where the ABCs of productivity kind of come in. Um, And on that list is also delegating and eliminating. Mm, Um, So, (laughs) yeah. So we're kind of really focusing in on what is it that has to get done today and what can move to my schedule for the next day so that you're not always starting from a place where you're like, I have 20 things on my schedule, 15 of them rolled over to tomorrow. I already feel like I'm behind where do I start? And so it's about kind of creating your day and, and and leading through your day rather than letting your day lead you. Right. And, and I think in veterinary medicine, or I would say in any workplace, I would imagine that even your best laid plans don't always come true. Or if you have a family, you know, there's always interruptions. And so sometimes I think even planning for those an interruption block where you can move things that if they didn't get done here, they can get done here. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I was talking with someone the other day and we were talking about that because that person was really struggling when something unplanned came into the day. And it's like, okay, my whole schedule is now disrupted and totally agree. Like you have to be able to plan time for that and you have to expect that and be okay with the potential of interruption. We can't let it get into our mind. Like that's where our mind spirals and all these negative thoughts come in. And you're like, well, I can't finish anything anymore because now I've got to do this. And so and it's I can't just, plan like, either because I know exactly, something happened. Yeah, exactly. It's just that constant cycle that we're, you know, so hard on ourselves. And, and so it's just kind of that, that planning phase and, you know, identifying what it is that needs to get done. What's that priority? How are we going to take care of ourselves and planning for the unplanned? Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're a busy mom or, or you're a working mom, which a lot of, a lot of people are right. Yeah. So is there anything that we, that, well, I'm sure there's a million things we could talk about, but is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have? Oh, let's see. Um, I think a lot of people will um, talk about their day. And one important thing that I say is we all have the same 24 hours. And so when people say, I just don't have the time, it's something that I'm like, well, we do have the time. We all have the same 24 hours. It's a matter of how you decide to spend it. And so I think, you know, we're always thinking of why we can't, why we don't and, and kind of circle back and just like, what's already working? How can I use this in my favor? And what do I want to, you know, I want to be in charge of my day and how do I do that? And I think just having that openness to say like, yeah, there are times in my day where I might not spend it the best way that I can. Let me change that. Okay. So just being open to the possibility that you can change it. Yeah. Yeah. I I find that too, when I'm, when I'm working with someone on time management and we start to really block out their day, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of time that we waste, right? I know I do. 
I do so too. Much, <laughs> so much that I don't, I don't use to, to my best advantage. Yeah. So um, tell me where I would love to do this again, because this has been great and the yeah. time is flying by. Um, but tell people out there where they can find more about you and what you do and um, your website or whatever you have, your um, coaching business. Tell us about Absolutely. that. Yeah. So you can find me at kindfulnesscoaching.com. Um, and I am also on Instagram at kindfulnesscoaching, LinkedIn. I'm under Jen Schweitzer. Um, and I think the spelling of that is is very strange, but it's S-C-H-W-Y-T-Z-E-R. Yeah. Schweitzer. Yeah. I think I said it right when we first you started, did. but I don't recall. It. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not always good at pronouncing names. So sometimes <laughs> I get them wrong. Well, this has been really fun. I've had so much fun meeting you and learning about yeah. you and I, I really want to know more. So if you're interested, maybe you and I can get together and come up with some topics and do this again. Yeah. I was love- think we're, we're both trying to teach the same things, probably from just different perspectives. Absolutely. I would love to. And I appreciate you having me on. I had so much fun. That's awesome. So everyone, this is Jennifer Schweitzer and um, you can look her up and um, hopefully I'll have her on again. So have a beautiful week, everyone. I appreciate you listening and I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye, Jen. Bye. Thank you.